We have Flyover Film Show. One, two, three, four. Thank you. We were flyover film show. And we just break up now and get it over with. We screwed the pooch in front of Gideon Graves. Ugh. Cue the real <laughs> intro music. I am Olivia Clement. And I'm Isaac Sims. This is Flyover Film Show, a podcast about movies from the perspectives of two people who live in places oft forgotten by Hollywood. We keep up with the goings on in Hollywood, but remain very much grounded in Midwest America. And although we can't just up and move to LA, we can still share our love for movies with our friends and neighbors. We are continuing our series over Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Today's episode is about the soundtrack of Scott Pilgrim, and Isaac and I will rank our top 10 favorite songs from the soundtrack. This will be a fun one. I think, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that, uh, so today the episode with us discussing the comics versus the movie has been the most fun to record because it's kind of this treasure trove of Scott Pilgrim lore that you don't see in the movies and it's fun to talk about and all that stuff. But the soundtrack is going to be, or this episode is going to be really fun to discuss because Olivia, you and I are going to be basically arguing about which of the songs we think is better so i'm excited for this format it's gonna be it's gonna be an entertaining time yeah it will be i i'm very interested to see how differently our rankings are yes yeah um all right well let's jump into it um actually i was going to i was going to give a couple shout outs to some people who have been showing us some love on social media so i want to shout out ayla and rachel and um, Seth and just random other people who have been showing us love and support. Um, we appreciate you. Keep listening. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll come back to that <laughs> at the end of the episode. Um, so yeah, Olivia, do you have anything else you want to say before we jump in? No, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened so far. That's uh, really kind of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to my friends Carly and Hannah for listening giving us uh, some quality feedback. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to recording this episode. It's going to be good. Yes, I'm excited too. And we've set it up to where we can listen to the clips of movies and uh, Ready, Set Podcast has been great help with that, our producers. And we are really excited. This soundtrack rules and gets me amped every time I listen to it. So let's jump in. So Olivia, let's Let's start with Brian Lee O'Malley, the creator. This all starts with him, the creator of Scott Pilgrim, the writer of the comics, um, the one who came up with the whole zany idea. His relationship with the Toronto music scene. Obviously, we see the the first music venue that we see in the movie is The Rocket, and there's a cool mm-hmm. little text box um, off to the side that says, fun fact, colon, this place is the toilet. And apparently that was a real place. So yes. Yeah. yeah, it was a real uh, punk venue uh, in Toronto that closed, I believe, in 2005. So when O'Malley lived in 
in Toronto, he, I guess, would go there and see shows there, but it closed in 2005, so you and I can't go visit. Sadly. <laughs> it's sad, yeah. I mean, we can't go visit because of COVID, but we also can't go visit because it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It's cool in the in the comics. Um, whenever, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever they there's a scene where some of the characters are at at the rocket or the what is it, Lee's palace? Is that the other one? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know much about that one, but in the comics, you see you see the just random characters you don't know who say like, man, these guys rock or like these guys suck, and <laughs> and he he just captures obviously like he loves music. He loves the, you know, there was a, there's a soundtrack that inspired him that he listened to while he was writing Scott Pilgrim. Um, and so, so music is really important to him and these places were really important to him. And it's just, it's cool to see that he understands the concert going experience and like listening to crappy bands who are just trying to have time and right. Uh, I I kind of relate to that, but Central Arkansas isn't really a huge music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up and coming. I like to think there we know some great local artists, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's that's one thing that I I just love those little details that he peppers into the comics, and it translates to the movies too. That he knows that culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and there are definitely times where he's he's kind of making fun of hipster culture, like when he says. Or when young Neil says, you should hear them live. They're much better live. Yeah. You hear that a lot. And then there's another line, which doesn't relate to the music, but it's in that same vein of the comic or the book is much better than the the movie. And I think right. that just nails it whenever you think about going to these local concerts and stuff. So I, I, I don't remember. No, it, it is in... I think it's a comic quote and it makes it into the movie where Knives tells her friend, I didn't even know that there was good music (laughs) until two weeks ago, which is a good capturing of we all have that, Mm -hmm. that moment in time roughly where we can pinpoint and say, if if you love music, you can say like, I think this is when I started to actually enjoy good music and listen to better music kind of like out of adolescence and teenhood. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think that's, that really emphasizes knives being a 17 year old yes like like that's something you say at 17 you mm-hmm. you're like i didn't know there was good music until you know someone showed me this band or i i stumbled across this band now it's a little different i think now for like 17 year olds because they have spotify and streaming and like mm-hmm. i think they have way more access to music than like you and i did even though 17 wasn't that long ago for us right yeah but anyway so uh, yeah. um so a couple, a couple other things that I didn't know if you knew or if you saw me add this to our outline, but Brian Lee O'Malley listened to Metric a lot when he was writing Scott Pilgrim, which I thought was cool. And he based Envy Adams on the lead singer of Metric, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And then there was, I also read that, so, so Metric's more popular in Canada and mm-hmm. and maybe Northern, North uh, United States, but their song, so Black Sheep, they wrote for the film, but they also kind of labeled it as this is a shadow of a metric song. Mm-hmm. Kind of this is a characterization or a characterization of, of who we are as a band as far as like the sharp chords and that kind of stuff. So they it was just cool because it kind of lined up perfectly as far as them ending up in the movie and having inspired mm-hmm. the comics and, and inadvertently the movie, which I just thought was cool. 
Yeah, I think that is uh, a cool fun fact. And I, I just think that reemphasizes the fact that to O'Malley, music is, is essential to this to his his writing process, to characterizing these these different people we see. And you can see that if you look up metric, you can see they very much do look similar to Clash at Demon Head. So mm-hmm. They have an awesome song called Oh shoot. I I don't even I should have I should have prepared, but I don't know off the top <laughs> of my head. But the year after Scott Pilgrim came out, they released an album. So that would have been 2011. And it rules. It's really good, kind of fun, sharp, straightforward rock that's pretty rare these days. And I'll have to look it up and see if I can bring it back sometime in this episode. If not, we'll tweet it or something. Go support Metric. They're great. They're great. Um, let's jump into more of like the movie trivia mm-hmm. and, and leading up to Beck Hansen writing a bunch of the songs and how they didn't they didn't look to cast musicians to play these characters who were musicians. So that's a that's a pretty special, interesting aspect of the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Michael Sarah was the only musician or mm-hmm. talented musician. Everyone else had to learn their parts. Right, and Michael Sarah was even told, "Hey, you need to play worse." because this is supposed to be like a garage band that's not necessarily that great so like i you need to tone it down yeah whereas you know mark weber allison pill and johnny simmons all had to to learn those instruments uh there was even a kind of behind the scenes video i watched where mark weber is like yeah so i'm about to sing in front of people for the very first time uh a little nervous about that but i mean i i like the sound like their sound i think it it worked Absolutely. The uh, I think the music. Do you remember who the music director for the movie was? I think he worked with the Stones or something like that. Let like me... Edgar Wright got someone very talented mm-hmm. to 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 uh, come in and direct the the music scenes. And yeah. th- and, and that reminded me because Mark Webber was like, "This guy's a legend. I don't wanna. I've never done this before, and I'm about to do it in front of like all these insanely talented people, like musicians." Right directors let me let me look it up because i don't know off the top of my head yeah we usually prepare a little bit better but we prepared we prepared fine who am i I kidding who am i kidding while you're doing that i'll read a couple more little things that we found so brandon ruth or routh learned to play bass and he was pretty good do you i have a question for you i know you're looking at this do you remember on threshold there's a quick cut to young neil at the Mm -hmm. scene where sex bobom is playing against the katianagi twins and Neil is has this like pad and he's like doing something and he's turning knobs. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. He's doing I, synth I, or something? I it, That's what it looks like. That It looks like one of those, I don't know anything about it. So I'm so sorry for anyone who's a musician who knows what I'm talking about and I'm butchering it. It looks like one of those like synth, bo- not boxes. I don't know what to call I think, it. I, I think it's it a, I think it's supposed to be like a synth pad or like a K-oscillator or something. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, that's what it looks like. I have no idea what what he's doing. But I, I now that you've described it, because I saw that in the note and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But now that you've described it, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what was happening. It flips to him for just like one or two seconds. And he's just like banging his head, but he's kind of off the stage and the synth thing is on the stage. Right, and yeah. So I've always wondered what that was. And it might even yeah. be like the distortion pedal. He's just trying to wig out and get these crazy sounds. So anyway. Anyway. 
the, the the director of music yes okay no that's not listed in, like that specific title but the under the sound department the sound designer is jimmy boyle okay gotcha we'll come back to that probably yeah. tweet whenever this episode comes out just yeah anyway some more of some more of those facts but so broken social scene wrote the music for crash and the boys i love this i love this fact because and this is going to come back whenever we do our top 10 of the best songs mm-hmm. in the in the movie or the best the best songs in, on the soundtrack the crash <laughs> crash and the boys is a, one of the funniest scenes in the movie oh yeah brandon brandon canning of broken social scene whenever he saw the camera test footage with kieran colkin saying is that girl a boy too and the girl flips <laughs> off the camera he knew exactly what kind of vibe Crash in the Boys <laughs> was going to have. And it's just, it's so funny. Yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite pieces of trivia. Because that scene is really funny. It's this small, like, eight-year-old girl. And, and she just flips, flips him off. And, and I mean, why would she and Kim are like, they have daggers at each right, other the whole yeah. time. They just, like, these girl drummers because... That's such a, a rarity. Mm-hmm. It's a rarity even now, but you know. Yeah, Kim then. Kim Caesar, she goes, They have a girl drummer. They have a so girl upset. drummer. Which like I, I get it, I would be too. So. Yeah. Um Brie Larson, who we talked about last week. Did we talk about last week? Brie Larson was nineteen whenever they filmed this movie. I don't know if we've mentioned it on this podcast, but Edgar Wright mentioned it in the recent Watch with the Academy, mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim tweet along basically Brie Larson was 19 she was yes very very young when this so she's four years older than us right yeah which is crazy which I knew she was like close ish in age to us I didn't realize she was that close in age to us um but yeah I can't imagine being 19 and doing that but she's also been acting for a long time so long time anyway so she sings in the movie and but on the soundtrack, it is Emily Haynes mm-hmm. of Metric singing. Right. I think I'm saying her last name right. It looks it, it looks, looks like, like how Haynes. it's spelled. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, another song that's on there is called Ramona that is by Frank Black. And he, so throughout his career, he's done lots of covers. And one of his favorite bands is the Ramones. But he felt like he couldn't do a justified Ramones cover. So he... Oh, the song's called I Heard Ramona Sing. And so he wrote that song as his kind of salute to the Ramones, which I think is cool because some people think that they can do covers of certain bands and then it's not that great. So I'm glad he knows his limits. That's impressive It it reminds me just when you were talking about like groups that do covers and it's not that great. It's like, I don't know, like a podcast, like their intro or something. Uh, Yeah, I... Not us. Not some us. are great. Other, other, but other some podcasts. are terrible. Some some are terrible. Uh, some might be called flyover film show. I don't. I don't know. Not us. We're, Not us. A different different good. one. Yeah, our covers are great. Um, the I love that Launchpad McQuack. So Launchpad McQuack is the name of the intro song in the first volume of the comics when you first technically see or Knives comes in and sees Sex Bobomb play. Mm-hmm. And it it is mentioned in the movie because Scott says, "All right, let's start with launch with Launchpad McQuack," and 
Stevens says that's not really the name of the song because they're just embarrassed. He's embarrassed of it, obviously. And right. then Kim kicks it off. But what a great name for a song. I, I think it's great. It reminds me of like, so I think last week I mentioned I listened to a lot of like emo stuff as a middle schooler. And it reminds me of like the ridiculous song titles that Fall Out Boy and like Panic at the Disco and bands like that used to have. Mm-hmm. Like really s- ridiculously long names that don't have anything to do with the song and that's a similar field launchpad mcquack so yeah and it sounds like informed by s- similar music at the time and then also just mm-hmm. video video game zaniness right yeah one thing to mention which we're not talking about specifically but i wanted to just bring up nigel godrick um does the score for this movie mm-hmm. and it was available when the movie came out only as digital download and it sounds like a video game um during the fight scenes and it's electronic and all that Mm. it's very good i recommend it to anyone who needs something like peppy like it's great for studying it's great for if if you listen to a lot of classical music while you're studying or that kind of thing it's a good switch up because it's kind of it's just different but it's so good nigel godrick great guy 10 star guy had to give him the a shout out yeah. because we're talking about the music, but, and he does craft a lot of those great moments in be- that thread the kind of the big numbers that we are going to talk about mm-hmm. on this podcast. He's the thread that connects all of those amidst the movie. And he's responsible for a lot of it being for, for the movie being co- as cohesive musically as it mm-hmm. is. So yeah. Yeah. Good job, dude. Yeah. Nige. Good job. Not Nigel. <laughs> Think we could get him on? Maybe. We'll see. We'll have to see. We'll put him in our guest list. Yeah. Beck Hansen wrote 32 Sex Bomb songs in 32 hours. That's I don't know if you saw crazy. that in our yeah. research. Crazy is an understatement. But also, if you're writing music for a fictional crappy band, maybe at a I'm not a professional musician, but as as everyone now knows, I'm not <laughs> a professional musician. <laughs> but if I was, and I was told to, I was commissioned to write for a crappy fictional garage band. Maybe, maybe I might even be able to speed it up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't, maybe sixty-four songs in thirty-two hours. Yeah. Why? Why limit yourself? But I'm not a professional. Beck Hansen is a professional. One thing I wanted to ask you, Olivia, mm-hmm. have you listened to Beck outside of? this soundtrack a little i there's a few songs i mean obviously i think one of his most popular songs is loser which was a staple of the 90s uh and i i really like that song there's some of his newer songs that i've listened to now that you've asked me i can't remember what they're called but i like beck i i haven't listened to a whole lot to his music what about you i i thought about this and i'm trying to remember and i'm pretty sure that Beck was Scott Pilgrim was my introduction to Beck, and I realized that he had written the Sex Bomb songs, which I which are all kind of bangers on mm-hmm. one level or another, and then wrote Ramona. And I kind of went back and realized that this was the days of iPods. I had brought I'd bought my older brother's iPod, and just he had a ton of stuff in there that he had torrented or gotten from friends. Mm-hmm. And Beck was in there and I'm going to try to find the the album, but which one was it? I'm going to, so it was Guero, which was released in 2005. And on there you have Keonda Guero and Hell Yes and Girl. And those are all, those are funky. 
Mm -hmm. And I just, I bring that up just to say, I think he's, I think he's a good musician. He released an album a couple years ago called Colors, I think. Yes. Yeah. That's the name of the album. Yes. So I I think he's great. I think he's really interesting. And I think he was a good choice Mm -hmm. to, because he's very talented and he knows how to kind of go between all these different types of genres as you, as you hear when you listen to his non-soundtrack music. Um, But he, he does have that very distinct grungy, fuzzy, raw electric guitar mm-hmm. sound. And I, I'm wondering whether or not it was that specific element that made Edgar Wright want him to write these the songs for the movie. Yeah, and, and it probably is. I mean, especially early back. I mean, that that's his sound for sure. And Edgar Wright, I think he also has a wide variety of music interest as well, at, like mm-hmm. similar to O'Malley. Uh, he, at the end of last year, he released, he, he like published an album, uh, not an album, a playlist on Spotify of like best songs of 2019. And they were all over the place, but it was a really, it was a cool playlist and it was, it gave me kind of an insight into Edgar Wright's musical taste. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like we could do, I feel like there's an entire podcast in just directors, musical inspirations. Oh yeah. That that could be, we're, we're scratching the surface of, you know, the soundtrack to a great movie, but then also there's just so many, there's so many different components that make up inspiration. So Mm -hmm. wish we could talk about, about it for the entire rest of the episode, but we're, you know, we only have 40 minutes. So that's right. Anyway, a couple more things about Beck. Whenever, he, he read the comics and he worked with Nigel Godrick on um, on the songs. Pitchfork, he told Pitchfork that Edgar Wright told him, I need songs for a cartoon garage band. They look like this <laughs> and they should sound like this. Um, and he was kind of up to that challenge at the mm-hmm. time, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, he, he called, and this is my favorite fact, he called the film a sensory overload. I can't imagine <laughs> what it took to pull all that together, which is so funny because... Mm-hmm. Because you you get a peek into his mind as far as he's thinking, okay, I'm writing these songs and a musician a musician's vision for a song is like here. Mm-hmm. And since this is a podcast, I'm doing like kind of a small circle. Whereas a director, you have visuals and sound and it's like here, huge circle, huge, like vast experience that you're able to experience with your eyes. So anyway. Right, yeah. That's great and- guy, 10, 10 star guy. Right, and, and I just and imagine like Beck's concerts. Not, I, I just feel like he's up in front of the mic with a guitar. I don't feel like there's a lot of like huge light, like lighting, big scenes or anything like that. Whereas that might be the case in other bands. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And even and even if like his his sets are, you know, there are drums and like the music is good and in depth. It's not. It's not the Katyanagi twins fighting right uh, <laughs> fighting Scott Pilgrim right they're not and tearing the roof off of anything sensory overload is a great way to describe Scott Pilgrim versus the world yes absolutely and and the soundtrack the soundtrack is like as we're it just hits you in the face mm-hmm. even the way a lot of the songs start it's kind of mm-hmm. some of them are kind of abrupt and it's just it's interesting to think about and I think we're ready to jump into that I'm ready when you are, yeah. All right, I'm ready. Actually, let's read. do a little ad read real quick. Um, Ad read. Ad read. This is for Ready, Set, Podcast. This is our production company. Not ours that we own. It is 
the company that produces, let me be clear. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. We, I own this microphone and that's it. That's I don't it. even own this guitar that I did our crappy intro <laughs> on. <laughs> anyway, Ready, Set, Podcast, they have prices to fit any budget. They have options for both hobbyists like Olivia and I and professional podcasters like Olivia and I. Make it super easy to create your own podcast. You, they can help you record, edit, and publish. You have a podcast idea, they'll give you a free consultation. Um, they said ours was pretty great. They gave us a seven out of 10, I'm just kidding. They didn't give us a ranking. They rate you. Yeah, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they will give you a free consultation and kind of walk you through, hey, this is good. This is, you could tweak this a little bit. You can reach them on their website or social media, www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Olivia. Yeah. Shout out to Ready, Set, Podcast. Yes. Anyway, yes. Sorry, I interrupted you. Olivia, let's jump into our top 10. We're starting at number 10. We're so excited to do this. Oh, man. We're going we're gonna to yell at each other. And we it's, are. It's going to be funny. We'll try not right. to yell directly into the mic, though. Yes. That would be bad. Okay, yeah. Isaac, what is your number 10? My number 10 is Threshold by Sex Bomb. Really? Yeah. Okay, so why is that your number 10? Threshold is not my... Threshold's not my favorite Sex Bob song. Okay. Everyone will see what what my favorite is by the end of this by the end of this podcast. But Threshold for what it is in the movie is awesome. And and real quick, we got to establish the rules. We're looking at the 18 songs on the soundtrack as you see it on Spotify or mm-hmm. iTunes or wherever. And it includes the two Crash and the Boys songs which you can't listen to on Spotify for some reason. It's kind of strange. But it, so it's these 18 songs and we're ranking them by which we think is best, both in the context of how it's used in the movie and what it sounds like when you just listen to it by itself on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So those, I forgot to set those rules. And that's what we agreed on. Is yes, that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, that's, that was my understanding of how we were doing this. So Beck even was even said in an interview, he was surprised that Threshold was used so prominently in the movie because it's the choppiest and roughest, but visually it's one of the most interesting parts of the movie with this big gorilla coming out, electronic gorilla coming out and fighting these electronic snakes that come from the, or dragons, I guess, that come from the Kadianagi twin synth mm-hmm. stacks. That's why it's my, at my number 10. I definitely think it's one of the most important songs and scenes in the movie, but it's not my favorite Sex Bomb song. And I think some of the other songs in my top 10 highlight that a little better. Those important scenes in the movie. What is your number 10? Or do you have any thoughts about my number 10? No, I'm, I'm satisfied with your number 10. Uh, okay. Do you want to know where I have that ranked? Yes. Okay, I have it ranked at number well, six. Number six? Uh, yeah, number six. Okay, okay. Well, that's, that's cool. So you really like that one. I did like it. Uh, do you want me to give you the reasons why, or do you want me to get to that when we get to six? I want you to give me the reasons why, but I also want to tell our listeners that you ranked every single, all 18 songs. I did, yes. You didn't do just a top 10. I did a top 10. You did a top 18, top like I, entire yes, ranking. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I did that just in case like there was a song that you listed in your top 10 that I didn't, and mm. I wanted to be able to give a reason why. So. Yes. Gotcha. Also, I have a hard time picking like favorite anything. So if you ever me. ask me, I'm very yeah, decisive. If, if you ask me what my favorite anything is, I will have to think about it forever. You so. you pull a young Neil. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's it's a kind of a big question. That's kind of a big question. Okay, so I put, I put that as my number six because to start it off, 
Scott goes, we are sex bomb and we're here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff, which I think is hilarious. Uh, it inspired a famous intro to a podcast. I, a famous intro. Extremely, extremely Iconic. talented. And it just sounds like it would be from a garage band. I think that it's a fun rock song and I think that it, it it's just pretty raw for which mm-hmm. makes sense that Beck said that it, it is pretty choppy and pretty raw which I really like so that's why I've ranked it there you want my number 10 yes what is your number 10 my number 10 is under my thumb or okay. under yeah under my thumb uh you don't really hear it in the movie unless you have subtitles on that which is when I first noticed it mm-hmm uh, but the subtle use of the song, I think, is is great because it's you see it or you hear it whenever Gideon is coming around the corner with a limo, and Ramona is having to like tell Scott like I I'm going back to Gideon. He there's just something about him, and there's a line that says under my thumb, the girl who once had me under my thumb, the girl who once pushed me around, which is kind of what happened with Ramona and Gideon. Mm-hmm. It's very so. it's very symmetrical Mm -hmm. and there's a verse it was inspired and yeah yeah there's a verse the third verse describes the girl as being a pet which is how i think gideon views ramona yes so very very apt because he's literally mind controlling her in the movie Mm -hmm. so it's very clever yeah um i had under my thumb at number eight okay so it's both in our top 10 yeah and so so far we haven't had any like big outliers so let's uh Let's well let's hear under my thumb real quick, just a quick Okay. My number nine is Teenage Dream. Okay. Which I think is I think is good and it's the more I listen to the soundtrack and preparing for this episode, I like the way because correct me if I'm wrong, Teenage Dream plays whenever Scott is on the bus going mm-hmm. home after breaking up with knives. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And it's this great kind of quick montage. And a lot of the songs in the sound in the movie are used to communicate a certain drive home a certain point of mm-hmm. a scene. So that part, he's breaking up with knives and he feels bad because he kind of likes her, but he really likes Ramona and he's happy to like be with Ramona. And pi- not pictures, but videos of like their faces are just kind of scrolling across the screen and the teenage dream is obviously a reference to knives being in love and innocent and all that stuff. So I just, I like it. And it, it's one of those that grew on me a lot, the more I listen to the soundtrack. So what is your number nine? My number nine is garbage truck. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just like the sound of this song overall. It's, it's kind of weird cause it's talking about being a garbage man and driving a garbage truck but it also has one of my favorite scenes from the movie and that's when young neil sings the wrong word (laughs) (laughs) and they say i think they say oh my and he says oh no and then he corrects himself and he kind of looks around oh no my my. (laughs) yeah so also i think you asked me if i noticed a sexual innuendo last week when we talked about like we were preparing this and i noticed it this time when yes. i was listening to it we won't we won't read it but we'll g- give a little clip of garbage truck right now garbage truck is listed for me at number seven so okay. so far we're like pretty our control group is pretty you know i do have to tell you Yes. Uh, Teenage Dream's not my top 10. 
Okay, where is it listed? It's listed at number 16. I like the song okay. and I like the use of it within the context of the movie. It's just not my favorite song. I yep. feel like it does symbolize, it's a reference to Nice, but I also think it makes, it symbolizes the fact that Scott may feel like a teenager again, being yep. like, as he falls in love with Ramona. So I think it's a good use of the song. I just, not my favorite. Yeah, uh, that's totally fine. All right, All right. we are at eight. number eight, mm-hmm. which I gave as under my thumb. So mm-hmm. you need to give us yours. Okay, so my number eight is Scott Pilgrim, the song Scott Pilgrim. Okay. And you don't hear any of the lyrics in the movie, but it was written by and performed by Plumtree. And it just sounds like a very 90s alt-rock girl band, which I love. And yeah. it, it really, it's funny that today, as we record this, is day three of the 30-day movie challenge. Yes. And so... Because I'm about to reference the movie I, I talked to, or I posted. Nice. Um, it reminds me of a song that Julia Stiles' character Cat from Ten Things I Hate About You would listen to, which I think is another reason why I love the song so much. So yeah, that's, that's good. That's it. I regret to inform you that Scott Pilgrim did not make it into my top ten. We're, oh, you and I didn't rank all of them. So, so I, <laughs> I, my my thing is like I'm I love that riff. The yeah. the riff that you hear is he's like walking back to yes. their room, yes, or to his he's, house. Yeah, he's going back to the his apartment with uh, Wallace. I love that riff. I love. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. It's very repetitive, and repetitive songs either work very well for me or they do not work. And that's one of those songs that I just I don't know much about Plum Tree's other stuff, but don't have a problem with them. Scott wears that plum tree shirt, <laughs> right? Yeah, at the first fight with Matthew Patel. Yes, yeah, so, I think that's when he wears it. Yeah, I have nothing nothing against Plum Tree. I'm just not a huge fan of that song, but obviously it's very important because that song inspired the character Scott Pilgrim because right. it, invested, it existed before the comics. So yeah, and I think that we wouldn't have it without it. We wouldn't yes. have Scott Pilgrim without that song. So anyway, I agree. What's your Olivia? Seven? Uh, mine is Garbage Truck, as we discussed. Okay. What is your oh, number yeah. seven? Mine is Oh Katrina. Oh Katrina, yeah. why you gotta be mean? The opening chords of the song get me really excited just pumped amped you mean the ba- the bass yes or the yeah, yeah, yeah. the sure i don't know why yes yeah, yeah. The, i am not a musician so i don't know what <laughs> instruments are playing i'm not a professional musician either <laughs> but you know more as everyone as everyone knows now right 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 yes uh this is a song i think i would listen to just in general like i, I don't think mm-hmm. i would just because I, I i like it also, I think the song is about Hurricane Katrina. Really? Yeah, I like listen to the that lyrics. That makes sense. And it it would make sense. Anyway, here's Oh Katrina. Your number six is thre- Threshold. Yes. Correct? Yep. My number six is Anthems for a Seven. 17- year old girl by broken social scene i really like this song and i used to not and that's another reason why it's number or number six so it's kind of higher i think it works and it's one of those like i said it's repetitive and it works for me Mm -hmm. it's kind of this like melancholy sad obviously like you would listen to this like during a breakup um but it is played when scott has messed up and he is just walking around. He's like banging his head against the uh, the telephone pole. I'm almost certain that that's when it is. It's no, it's sorry. I it's when 
he it's after he plays against the Katinaga twins and he goes to try to get Ramona and he runs into knives. That's oh, you just yes, barely hear right. it. Yes. You just barely hear it. Yeah. And she's sad. That I, I just like the song. I like the song because it's it's repetitive and it's melancholy. And I love I like Death Cab for Cutie was my emo music and it kind of reminds me of that, except mm-hmm. just the the vocals are distorted and mm-hmm. I just, I think it's very effective, especially because Knives is just standing there looking so sad. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. 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 So I don't have this in my top 10, but it is number 11. Okay. And it's almost there. Yeah. It, it, was, it was so close. Yeah. And it was really hard for me to pick a 10. Yes. So I went back and forth, but it really is like a coming of age, um, a coming of age story. Anyway. So what's your five? My number five is I'm so sad. So very, very sad. Great that's song. That's my number five. That's, oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I was we wondering like, if that was going to happen. We don't even need to talk about this because mm-hmm. we've included it and it's like our listeners have heard it and we know it, it's like you. that's a literal song that you hear from one of the bands uh, at The Rocket. And it's just so funny. It's, it's like, so funny. It honestly could probably, it probably deserves top, top bill. Yeah. It deserves number one, but it's at five. Olivia, what is your number four? My number four is We Hate You, Please Die. Okay, excellent. Are you talking about the one where it's like, I can feel you, I mm-hmm. can feel you? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think it's it's fun. I would like a whole Crash and the Boys album because of that. So Hell yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, real quick, they did record a We Hate You, Please Die. It's on YouTube somewhere where they literally go, We hate you, we hate you, we hate you, die. It's on YouTube somewhere. Uh, I'll see if we can, whenever we release this episode, we'll have a lot of fun content to share, like behind the scenes. Um, my number four is By Your Side by Beachwood Sparks. This song is, I love the harmonica in it and the swaying and it plays in the, it plays when Scott and Ramona kiss for the first time or right before it, kind of like <laughs> as that's beginning to happen. I just love, I, it's, it's just a great love song and the, the, the singer's voice is it's just yeah i think it's a great love song that's i think it's num- a great love that's, song that's too. number four what is your number four we hate you please die oh right right okay i'm so now i'm so sad and so very very sad that i asked you again nice nice i see what you did there <laughs> yeah what is your number three mine is bl- uh black sheep mine's number three as well look at that we both have black sheep we maybe we're not maybe we're not so like different after all look at us look at us we're so yeah Hive Mind. Fly over Hive Mind. Black <laughs> Sheep is awesome. Uh, let's listen to it uh, real quick. Black Sheep's awesome just because, like, we already talked about it a little bit, but it's it's punchy. It has great, like, Emily Haynes' vocals. Like, she has a great voice, mm-hmm. underrated for sure. Um, in the movie, it's kind of this, Todd is glaring at Scott, like, I'm going to kick your ass in Staring daggers. 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. After, after this is all over, you're dead meat. And it's just a great kind of setup for the fight that follows afterward, so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Do you have any more so. thoughts about Black Sheep? Um, I just think it's a great moment in the movie so that's really all i have what's your number two my number two is we are sex babam
Okay, that's that's my number one. Okay, excellent. What is your number two? My number two is it's getting boring by the sea. Okay. I yeah. Very good. Okay, this is this is a big point of difference for us because this one was not in my top ten. Let's let's we're we're running up on a minute and a half. So my number two is we are sex bomb, and my number one is Ramona. Okay. The song at the very end. Where did Ramona rank for you? It ranked at. 15. The song right at the very end of the movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're just not a big fan of that song. I I like it. It's great. I it just wasn't top 10 for me. So, so yeah. I think that song is very sweet. I, I It's think a good that, song. Yeah. I think, that, I think it's sweet. Yeah. You're you're free to think however you want, Olivia, but I think it deserves number 1 and you think it deserves 15. So, that's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? Yeah, are I'm you okay, okay with that. that? Yeah. Okay. As long as you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Great. We are Sex Bombs number one for you. Number two for me. What a banger. The, it's a like banger. We, we, it's so good. We need it, to, we literally have 30 seconds left to record and we're going to talk about it all the way up until the end and I'll just give all our introductions. It is awesome. Like it opens the, the movie so well. I wish it came up again later. It's just punchy and they're yelling. It's awesome. Yeah. I love, I just love the sound. It's a pure garage band. It, it feels like it's the only time where the band is playing purely for fun as opposed to I'm trying to make a point here. Yes. And so it really just kicks it off and I think it sets the stage for the music of this movie. Yes, I totally agree. Olivia, we're running over on time, so we're going to have to wrap it up. We, I feel like we could even do another episode on just the music and some more behind the scenes stuff. Maybe we'll do that after our Scott Pilgrim series as like bonus content, but mm-hmm. got to wrap up gotta say goodbye sad but we'll be back in a couple weeks so yeah we are next week going to talk about the evil exes and where they rank just Mm -hmm. in terms of not really any specific criteria but we're going to talk about it and we're going to have a guest his name's eric fam he's a huge fan of scott pilgrim and he lists he watches it at least once a month so he probably knows about it even more than we do yeah absolutely and eric's a cool guy we're really excited to have him on so uh thank you so much for listening to today's episode please rate review and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast and share with your friends family and anyone who likes movies or scott pilgrim all right this is olivia signing off and this wait where are you from oh i'm from oklahoma sorry olivia is signing off from oklahoma and this is isaac signing off from arkansas we'll see you later bye bye